welcome to another episode of the Rental Journal Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the equipment rental industry. I'm your host, Mark Simonson, and today's podcast episode is sponsored by Record360. Record360 is the leading provider of inspection management software for the equipment rental industry. Record360 is trusted by thousands of rental businesses to provide quick, clear documentation of assets before and after rent. There's a transformation occurring in rental inspections. The old way of doing things included pen and paper, carbon copies, digital cameras, and hunting down information when you needed it. Today, modern inspections look very different. They're cloud-based, mobile, and records are easily searchable. Find out how Record360 can help you increase your damage collection percentage and eliminate disputes at record360.com. Today's guest is Matt Whalen. Matt has over 17 years experience in the material handling industry and has worked through the ranks of the service department of Forklifts of Minnesota. Matt caught my attention online because his LinkedIn headline was head coach of the service department. So I was interested to find out how he got that title, any advice he might have for other mechanics or service technicians in the field, and how he progressed through the service department. So Matt, thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast. To kick things off, can you talk to me about how you first got involved in the equipment rental industry? So back in uh, be 2004 was when I got the opportunity to come into the forklift industry, um, material handling. I was a um, uh, just an auto mechanic before I got the opportunity to come over here. I knew a few guys in the auto shop that I worked at and they had left there came to uh, Forklifts in Minnesota, where I'm at now, and uh, gave me a call and said, hey, you gotta, you gotta check this place out. Let's grab a beer and talk about it. Grabbed a beer and talked about it, and uh, came on uh, the next day, filled out an application, and got on board with the, uh, the forklift industry. Did you know much about the rental industry before, prior to that? Nothing at all. Um, uh, didn't know anything about uh, electronics on them. Didn't know anything about hydraulic systems. Didn't really know much about them other than, um, you know, they move stuff, you know. Um, so a uh, little uh, scared, hesitant uh, to make the move, but uh, understanding uh, the opportunity, you know, was uh, what I was really looking at was trying to, um see the long-term goal in, in a career-based position. And uh, compared to the automotive industry, I thought it was a better move for me at that time. And then, so what what first got you interested in becoming a mechanic, an auto, automotive mechanic originally then? Yeah, so back when I was probably like 11, 12 years old, um, I watched, uh, you know, growing up, you, you'd see your father doing stuff and uh, watching him, um, repairing stuff around the house and doing those kinds of things he got very frustrated you know it frustrates him you know so uh little short-tempered but um understanding uh why he would get frustrated uh got me really interested in trying to figure out how to fix things you know and not be frustrated about it and and i knew i had to do that in in my life uh, just because of where I grew up and how I grew up and uh, where my, you know, how my family was. And I just figured, all right, I better figure out how to fix things. 
because if I don't, you know, I'm going to have to pay somebody to do that. And that costs a lot of money. So that's really how I, I generally got into it. And then eventually it really grew on me uh, growing up, um, repairing things and achieving, you know, those, you know, once you fix something, it's a small achievement, but it feels really good, mm. you know? So uh, that's, that's really what got me going. And um, working with my older brother on his truck, when I was 14 years old uh, and working with my grandpa, my grandpa was a mechanic forever, seeing what he could do and how he would um, take cars and, and uh, take a, a junk one and make it beautiful again and make it run again and resell it. You know, I, 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 I liked that and tried to get into that a little bit, you know, flipping cars and stuff at a young age and whatnot with grandpa. So, yeah, that's, that's how I got into it. Okay, and I can imagine like the the feeling of of doing like your first major repair. Like there'll be stages of of progression, and then doing it on your own as well. So like, describe that feeling as you sort of progress and and move through that. Yeah, my uh, the the best way to to describe that feeling, I think, um, is not 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 really at a young age. You know, when I first started off. I didn't really know uh, about that really good feeling. When I was younger, uh, I just did it. You know, I just went through the motions, did what I needed to do to get the job done. It wasn't until I got older that I started uh, realizing, you know, how great it was. And um, the the older I got was, and the, and the reason why I started figuring out these feelings was, um, I started seeing, seeing others um, understand my, my uh, way I, I handled it or the way I fixed it or the way uh, I, I told them exactly because it's all the knowledge that built up to that, you know, um, getting all that knowledge and then letting somebody know uh, how you're going to go about fixing it that's the good feeling, you know, and seeing the confidence that you can bring into somebody to show, hey, I'm going to do this, you know, and this is how I'm going to do it. And once you expel that confidence and you can see their confidence come back to you, that's that's the feeling I really like about it. Yeah, I can imagine that the confidence can also go on the customer side as well. Like when you're passionate about fixing something, your your customer is excited that you're working on their forklift as well so i think it's a it's a a 360 thing it's not just an internal thing it's also external as well yeah yeah exactly and that's that's where expelling that um that confidence and and getting that back the feedback from your customer like hey this guy knows what he's going to do and he's telling me how he's going to do it and that that really that's that's the feeling you know And, and it's not just in our field, but, uh, you know, everywhere that's, that can be expelled. And, and that's, that's the, the feeling, you know, that you get, you, you get once you get there, you know, so, but it took me a while, it took mm. me a while. Yeah. So do you want to just provide a, a little bit of a brief history of Forklifts of Minnesota, just so the, the listeners understand the scope of the business? Yeah. So Forklifts of Minnesota, we've been in business since 1949. Um, it started uh, with two guys, and 
they started with just Clark Forklifts. And uh, it uh, ended up growing into a family business. And uh, the owner of the business now, his name is Clayton Schubert. And his son, Jeff Schubert, is a president now. And he is running an operations here. Um, the company headquarter is in Bloomington, Minnesota. And we have a second location in Fargo, North Dakota. So overall business, uh, the dealership, um, we, we mainly are a Clark dealer and we have the Doosan line and we have the Unicarrier line um, and JLG, uh, Advanced Scrubbers, and uh, the list kind of goes on, but uh, we sell those forklifts and uh, rent a lot of those forklifts and, and scissor lists, boom lists, so on and so forth. So that's through the state of Minnesota, Western Wisconsin, and uh, all of North Dakota, parts of South Dakota. So got a big area here in the States. Okay, and so you, you sell rent and service, yeah? Yeah, so sales, sell, rent, service, parts department, um, tires, you name it, we do it. Pretty much anything to do with material handling, yep. Cool. And so how many years have you worked for the company? This was actually uh, two days ago, it was my 17th year here. So I've been here since, yeah, 2004. This is my 17th year and uh, hope to be here for another you know, 17, 20 years, probably, probably 20 years, actually, until <laughs> I can wow. retire. Yeah. That's an amazing achievement. And I think like the, you said that the company's been around since 1947 and then you've been there for 17 years. Like there's obviously a family culture bred within the organization. Is that something that sort of made you stick around for such a long time? Yeah. You know, um, I don't know how many guys we have here right now on our roster um, that have over 20 plus years here. And if, if, if you're a new guy, you, you're, you've been here for 10 years, you know, um, those are the new guys. So yeah, they'd say, uh, the, the family that runs the business really take care of the employees. You know, I have nothing but the, uh, utmost uh, respect for the ownership and they, uh, they really, um, not only take care of the employees, I think they uh, really show uh, the opportunities to, um, you know, strive as an individual, not just here at work, but as a, uh, as a person or as a family person uh, outside of work. So yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's why I've been here for so long. It's just been a, a great, great ride so far and really enjoyed it. And so what, were what have been some of your roles over those 17 years so coming on board i started as a uh, preventative maintenance technician and so pm mechanic and uh what uh what that role was is um my job was to go out to these locations customers locations and do preventive maintenance on all their equipment um so i did that for about a year and then uh, I got the opportunity to come into the shop and become a shop mechanic. And in our shop now, we have about 12 guys that are full-time mechanics. And what they do is they uh, prep and get rentals ready. They 
um, do used equipment where we'll get used forklifts in, refurbish them, you know, make them look new again, and then get new trucks ready to go out to their their customers and so on and so forth. So after being a shop mechanic for about seven years, and then that's when I uh, went on the road and became a road technician, and then I did all the repairs out in the field. By far, I would say that is the best job in this company. One of the funnest and best jobs here. Um, you get to go out and see different things, see how things are made, you know, and, and just uh, the customer base that we have, I think. Uh, all of our customers are fantastic to work with. And, you know, it's, it's really fun, you know, that like, like I was saying earlier about um, the feelings you get to uh, take care of those things and help your customer achieve something is is awesome. So I think by far, uh, road technician, uh, road mechanic in in our field is probably one of the best positions here. And then after um, about uh, seven years, or uh, actually I'd say five to six years, out on the road, um, learning and growing and 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 uh, being part of the company. Um, I, I achieved a lot and learned a lot and uh, got the opportunity uh, from my boss to uh, become his assistant for a couple of years as the assistant service manager. My role totally changed and uh, my uh, life changed too, um, being, uh, being a road technician, a mechanic, you know, uh, throwing wrenches all day and uh, getting home, you know, at a decent time to uh, dealing with uh, the stress, you know, and uh, sitting at a desk and doing doing all, all kinds of other work, but still good work. But uh, learning learning the role as as a, an assistant to become what I am today, the service manager of the of the company. Actually, the head coach, but we'll we'll say service manager. <laughs> yeah, so. Can you describe like what the the role is of a service manager? The best way to describe the service manager, I guess, is you're managing all of the departments and anything coming and going out of this shop and everything on the road. I do a lot of different things. I dispatch my truck drivers. I dispatch all my work for all my shop technicians. I dispatch I help with the road guys, getting them set up in the different areas, but overall uh, managing the people that take care of those positions also, you know, dispatcher um, and then my shop foremans and uh, all the shop guys and then the truck drivers also. And, and I heard you say head coach as well. So <laughs> talk to me about that. Well, uh, the head coach uh, came on to me um, because I never, I, I don't want to be anybody's boss. You know, I don't want to be uh, anybody's manager. Um, the, the head coach position, I would say, uh, came on to me as I want everybody to not see me as a boss or a manager. I want them to recognize me as their team player. And um, that's really how I achieved my um, everyday you know, jobs here is by helping my my team succeed, and and I go out there and I'll I'll guide 
guys the the way they need to be guided. You know, I don't I don't I don't take the wrenches and turn them for them, but I help them, you know, succeed in different ways. Um, that's that's kind of why I, I titled myself as the head coach. Is I don't I don't want to see myself as a or I don't want anybody to see me as a um, manager slash um, a boss. You know, I don't, uh, I don't like that. I'd, I'd rather be someone as this is how, if you need guidance, you come to me and I'll help you out, you know, and that's, that's how we've achieved a lot here. Uh, I'd say in the last two years, you know, as becoming the, the head coach of the service department. So yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I keep it fun. So talk to me about the transition to that role because you're turning into a, uh, having a position of, of managing people and culture and, and mentoring them and getting the best out of them and all that sort of stuff. So how did you sort of go from, I guess, as you said, turning wrenches to being able to mentor somebody and, and get the best out of them? Like, was that something that you learned from someone else or was that something that you, you studied a lot more because it is a very different mentality to have. To be quite honest with you, you know, over the years and, you know, from the, from the beginning of our conversation, being a younger individual in the, in the uh, business and then moving into um, those different roles, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't see myself doing this job seven years ago. The experience that I've gained along the way um, really turned me into this position in a way and it's really helped me uh, get to that point of mentoring and uh, uh, helping others succeed that's the uh, that's the thing is it's it's gratitude really for me that has really gotten me to where I'm at I'm very very grateful to get through what I've been through in my my life as an individual but in my career it's uh it's really helped me um, get to a, a mentor state. Um, starting off in a position of um, uh, being a, a PM mechanic, that's the almost the lowest position here. Um, it is probably you know the lowest one, but learning from there, moving to the shop, moving to the road, um, and uh, dealing and working with customers face to face you know, really got me into here, but knowing all that, now I can use what I've learned over the years to give back to, you know, the guys that need the mentoring or need the uh, help in making, making their job easier. You know, that's what it is all about too, is, is uh, once you get to a position where you can figure out how to mentor individuals, and it takes a lot to understand them first and then see how they, you know, can relate to you or communicate with you. Everybody has their different personalities and, you know, understanding each personality and then working with that. Um, it's, uh, I can figure it out fairly quickly, but, um, you know, seeing them succeed, you know, is a huge thing, you know, so you mentioned like the progression of the role. So a PM service that in the shop and then uh, in the field. So obviously in the field is quite important because you're responding to, to breakdowns, I assume. And, and it's all about keeping the, the uh, equipment up 
So yep. want to make sure there's, there's minimal, if not zero downtime for our customers or for your customers. So is that something that you need to learn along the way of being a mechanic as well? Because you, you're turning into a role now where you're dealing with customer complaints really and, and, and you're on site and the customer's yelling at you. So like, how, do you, how did you sort of transition to, into that role? It all comes down to communication. You know, how, how you communicate back to your customer on how you're going to achieve what they want. It's not what you want, it's what they want. It's, it's uh, that's the transition. That's the communication, the communication is the transition. So getting to that point, uh, understanding um, how simple it was uh, after the fact of, hey, this is how I'm gonna do it. This is how I do it because I got all this training and experience and everything. I got no problems taking, taking care of it. And um, yeah, having that ability just to communicate, you know, um, is, is uh, I would say it's 80% of the job compared to fixing the fork, you know, fixing uh, any breakdowns. It's 80% of the job is the communication to the customer from you. Um, almost the guys in the field are almost more of a, uh, a customer service rep compared to um, a mechanic. You know, they, uh, and that's what kept us around for so long. And, and that's, yeah, that's a, a huge uh, deal to transitioning into, to, into my role now is, is communication. Yeah, I, I can imagine that some people avoid the confrontation but you can never like get away from it like you eventually have to talk to the customer about a problem or a challenge or an issue and it's it's almost like ripping off the band-aid it's like you, you get it out there like just under, listen to what their problem is and then you as you said use all your training all the team around you to help go mm-hmm. back and give them a plan give them a plan all right this is what we're going to do this we're going to come back to you on and, and, and don't give a plan that's way out of what you can actually achieve because then you're already setting yourself up for another hard conversation when you can't achieve that. So the communication is, is, a, is something that I think a lot of people need to learn the hard way sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, communication and, uh, to your customers and trying to um, achieve um, the solution, you know, your, your customer always tells you what the solution is when they're upset. They always tell you, hey, this is, this is the problem, um, but you already, they already know what the end result they want. You just got to figure out uh, the A, B, or C option for them and uh, go in there with uh, you know, multiple solutions to, to get them to you know, uh, do what they wanted from, from the beginning. You know, it's, it's always what they want, and they'll get it. You just gotta communicate, you know, what what you're gonna do, you know, and that's that's a big deal. And so, for 13 years or so, you were a mechanic, and you progressed into in various roles. Was there any drive for you to eventually become a service manager, or like talk me through like your mentality? Because some people love being a mechanic for 20 years or 30 years. Yeah. Some yeah. people want to con- continually progress in their role. So for, for some apprentice that's just joined the business, that's only 
six months into into his into his career like what can he sort of think through like what the path looks like um to get to uh, my position i never thought of myself as a service manager never never not when i was turning wrenches i was focused on you know fixing forklifts and fixing fixing things in the field i was really into that and that was my uh my uh, my job at hand and that day i i had do my job. Um, so I never, to be honest with you, I've never once uh, before I uh, was offered the opportunity, I never thought about it, you know, never really thought about it. But if somebody is thinking about it, you know, the, the and wants to get into that position or into this role, you got to remember it takes time and you got to learn what you can learn and, um, Working with customers is the the biggest achievement to get into this position, I would think. You know, if you can build good relationships with people, that's where that's where you can get, I think, into this position. You know, it's all, all about communication and relationships. Yeah, I heard a quote once from someone else that was on the podcast, and he said that uh, the the sales team sell the first machine and the service team sell the last. Well, everyone from then. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's that's a, a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> yeah, the service the service team sells everything. <laughs> uh, even the first one. <laughs> uh, sales uh, sales is a, a big part of the yeah of the um, the dealership. Uh, the service team uh, keeps that relationship. You know, they're they're the ones that are married. You know, mm. and uh, once in a while, you know, the the sales guy gets to come in there and save the day too, and bring in some new equipment. But yeah, it it is a um, uh, sales do sell the first forklift or the first machine, and uh, service goes in behind. But service keeps it keeps that relationship. You know. That's a that's a big deal for the company and and any dealership out there is maintaining that relationship and service has the biggest role in maintaining it because we're always in front of them. You know? Have you have you seen many people transition from a service based role into a sales role? Yeah, we uh, we've we've had a few guys um, actually transition from the service department or being a mechanic into uh, the sales role. And probably one of our top producers in, in our company uh, was a mechanic. And now he's in sales and does very well for himself. And uh, he's not your typical sales guy. You know, he's very down to earth and great, great person overall. And he does a fantastic job, you know. And that's a great topic to talk about, about bringing people from the service department into different positions within the company. And a lot of people do that. They'll they'll be in the service department doing something for us, and um, they'll build some relationships and move into uh, other positions within the company. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's probably something that people need to talk about a bit more. Like that, there isn't just one path to a technician's career. That there is lots of different options that they can take, and. And for, for my mindset, like if someone has all these skills of being a, a service technician and they've done various different types of roles, when they're communicating with a the customer about buying a machine, 
they can like speak their language. Like they, they can understand exactly all the things. They can probably even tell them the ins and outs. Of, oh, you can do this, you can do that. And this changes this and that changes that. And this this operates differently to this one because of that. But it's not they're not reading off a piece of paper. They're doing it based upon actually using the machine or repairing the machine. And so I think a lot of like people that are in the that technician role need to realize that there's a big opportunity there and that they should back themselves for a little bit more sometimes as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's um, there, there is a lot of opportunity out there from a service technician um, and change if they want to move into the sales role, but even in their role uh, to take care of their customer uh, there's more than one way to fix a forklift. You know, there's more, there's more ways than just the one way they see it. Um, uh, when we, when we bring on technicians in, into our company here, we require them to, to be in the shop and learn our position or learn our company in whole. And the reason why I enjoy that for them is because they start to see all these other opportunities on how to not repair it, but how to help their customer. Because technicians, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. They have the knowledge on each piece of equipment and what, what, uh, what each piece can do. And um, uh, they might see an opportunity for the customer to say, hey, why don't you bring in a, um, a different style or different piece of equipment to utilize this because then you could get rid of those two forklifts over there. Um, you know, so they, uh, they have technician, like I said, you know, a road, road technician has the best job in this company. They get to be a little bit of everybody, you know, and at the same time, they get to do their day, you know, however they want to do it, you know? So yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You know, they, there, there's opportunities for technicians and they, they know machines better than a lot of, uh, a lot of people out there, better than me. And so do you think that there's any challenges that the material handling industry faces as a whole? And I'll, I'll give you an example. So, so like the aerial industry is, is notorious for like discounting and a race to the bottom for rates. Uh, scissor lifts, just people were basically just chopping the, at the bottom line to, to win a contract, which is a very bad thing to do. So is there anything in the material handling industry that there's a, a big challenge? Yeah, so right, right now, um, I think the biggest challenge across the board, material handling, every dealership out there is facing a shortage of technicians. How to get through that challenge is, uh, you know, how uh, these dealerships will succeed. And if they can get the right guys and get them on board. Uh, that's, that's the biggest challenge across the board. You could ask any, any service manager out there right now, probably um, the number one deal is going to be a shortage of service technicians. It is a shortage of technicians in general, or is it the, the material handling industry? Because is it something that the equipment rental industry can do better to promote itself outside of the industry to bring more people into it? Yeah, uh, th there, there's some challenges there. You know, um, there is no schooling, you know, for uh, working on forklifts. You know, everybody that wants to become a mechanic is either going to go at, uh, to school to become an auto mechanic 
or they're going to go to school and become a, a diesel mechanic. So um, they don't, uh, they, the schools, you know, don't provide any kind of training or schooling to become a forklift mechanic. You know, uh, it, a funny joke for you here. Uh, I get asked every so often when I was a technician, you know, hey, what, what do you do for a living? I'd say, oh, I, I work on forklifts. And their response was always, oh, so you drive them? Oh, no, 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 I fix them. Really? There's jobs like that out there? Yeah. <laughs> so um, the, the forklift industry, uh, material handling industry, you know, um, they, they, some, uh, some companies do a really good job getting them, their names out there and getting the support out there. Um, there's many different ways to do it. But um, that's probably the, the, the biggest struggle right now is just finding techs that want to come on board. And if you go to school to, to learn how to turn wrenches on a car and, or a semi, you should be able to you know, turn wrenches on a, on a forklift. They're not, uh, I would say coming from the automotive industry into the forklift industry was the best thing ever for me. Because uh, fixing a forklift is a lot easier than fixing a car, by far. Yeah, I think the industry as a whole probably just needs to think, take a step back and think how how it can promote those sort of roles. Because I, I I hear this all the time that that there's a big shortage of of skilled labor in in various service departments. So I think that's where the the, the trade associations or the governing bodies can sometimes maybe, or even the, the, the OEMs, like you said, like your, your brands can maybe promote them a bit more to, to try and get further people out in, into the, uh, into the industry because yeah, it's, it's uh, a lot of people talk about it and it's a, it's a, it's a challenge, but I think the more advertising that's done will, uh, will create more jobs and more interests for these young people as well. That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yeah. that's part of the reason for this podcast is to is to yeah. is to promote the industry outside of itself as well. That's a big, big part of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see a huge opportunity for a lot of people out there. Uh the 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 industry, you know, uh for me, you know, growing through it, you know, learning and and um getting to my position now, but um just being a service tech. I mean Ah, man, putting a cape on every day and going out and solving problems, that was fun. That's a lot of fun. And in the automotive industry um, or in the truck industry, you go and fix stuff, but you don't get to wear a cape. You know, I think the forklift industry, you, you're in front of the customer. You know, you're the guy. You're the only one, you know, and they're working on their forklift and taking care of their issues and solving solving problems. It's it's a lot funner and a lot, uh, I see it more exciting than, than Turner wrenches next to my buddy in the shop, you know, um, it, it feels better to me, you know, but, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully a lot of people hear this podcast and, uh, get the exciting, you know, feelings too, and, and turn to the industry because we need it. You know, there's, uh, I think there's a lot of great technicians out there that are just mission missing, an opportunity uh, to get into this field for sure. Mm. And if you could give some advice to your younger self, 
what would you say? Boy, um, well, try to try to understand uh, the whole business as a whole. You know, when I was younger, the the whole material handling business has so much to offer. It's not just about fixing forklifts. It's it's about achieving all these different goals and you don't even know about them when you're uh, younger and and uh, not in a position really to, to see that, you know. Um, so the younger me, I, I would say, look beyond uh, doing just a simple repair and look to what is going to hopefully bring you in the future or see beyond uh, turning, turning wrenches and uh, the achievements and stuff like that. Touching on what you just said, so just showing an interest in other departments, yeah, I think goes a long way. People recognize that you're interested and they'll think, oh, or maybe Mark wants to eventually help out with this. Maybe Mark wants to do that. Or maybe we should ask Mark for his advice on this. So I think just showing an interest and having just a little bit of initiative, I think really goes a long way, uh, especially for a young person that joins the industry. Yeah, yeah. You know, even, even even when you're younger and you're out there doing what you need to do for yourself and uh, not even realizing sometimes that, um, you know, helping your customer achieve more for themselves actually is achieving more for you. Um, and uh, that's really what I, I, I push on myself as a service manager now um, is to work three times harder than anybody that I hire so they don't have to carry the burden or the stress. I want them to uh, have the, the, the easiest day every day. I want them to come in here, do what they need to do, and uh, go home happy and, and achieve what they want to achieve. Um, but you know, the younger versions or the younger guys are, you know, turning wrenches and working as mechanics right now, you know, they don't even realize, I think sometimes that um, when they're really helping a customer, they're really helping, helping themselves to uh, move themselves up into a better position. And, um, you know, that, that uh, the communication with the relationships, you know, is a, is a big thing in this industry. Relationships is a huge thing. So um, being a mechanic, uh, gaining relationships in the field with customers is a huge deal. So the young guys need to know that. It's, it's all about relationships. And some, some guys really get it. And some guys just go through the motions, you know, so. Yeah, completely right. And, and some people just want to do the same thing, as I said, for 25 years, and, that, and that's completely fine. But I think if someone does have a little bit of initiative and they want to do more, they should definitely ask those questions. And then mm -hmm. that's where a mentor comes in. And so I guess my follow-up question was, like, who played a big influence on your career from a mentor perspective? Yeah, so um, within, within my company, uh, we had three... Um, they're called foremans. Uh, there were the, the guys that uh, you would have to call, you know, if you, if you ran into an issue, you know, and 
couldn't figure out how to fix it, you'd call the foreman up and they would explain how to get through things. Um, you know, uh, as a technician being mentored was, uh, was those three guys. And uh, I had uh, uh, one guy, um, his name's Al Bernard. He was pretty well known in the Minnesota area. You know, he's kind of a celebrity, I guess, for fixing forklifts. Um, he could fix anything, you know. Um, I called him MacGyver because, you know, MacGyver gets out of trouble anywhere. And uh, Al, Al was a great guy and uh, uh, hats off to him. He retired now, but uh, he, he uh, made me uh, really uh, achieve what I wanted to achieve, but helped me along the way without telling me exactly how to fix it, you know, kind of, um, and that's, that's, that's the thing about him being a mentor or, um, my boss that was my boss. Uh, he was a mentor to me and, um, he, uh, would guide me to where I needed to go, but he wouldn't get me there, you know? So, you know, for them to be mentors to me, I understand now that, you know, they didn't hold my hand the whole way, you know, they, they gave me that path, but, uh, uh, maybe open the door, but not all the way, you know, and, uh, uh, th those, those guys really, you know, helped me, um, become, uh, a, a really, really, really good, uh, technician, I would say, and a good person outside of work too. That's awesome. To have the, the nickname MacGyver, he must have been doing some special things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he did a lot of good stuff. And uh, uh, I'm, ex I'm excited to talk about him. You know, he, he really, uh, really helped a lot of, lot of people out, not just within our company either. You know, it was outside of here that, you know, people would call him, you know, and, and uh, reach out to him. So he knew how to... He knew how to fix things, uh, re-engineer, you know, that's what MacGyver did on that show forever. So, uh, he would take something, re-engineer it and get, get himself out of a jam. So, um, yeah, huge mentor here. Awesome. And so how do you define success? How do I define success? Um, you know, uh, success to me, I mean, personally, I define success of seeing other people succeed. That's my, my definition of success. Um, I, uh, I just want to see everybody do very well for themselves. That's, that's my, my success. I don't want to, um, uh, go around and tote my own horn. You know, I would rather see somebody else talk about how, how they achieved success with, uh, with guidance, you know, so that's how I define it. And I guess if you're building up that team of people that you're making successful, mm -hmm. that just puts you on a great trajectory as a, as a whole. Uh, and, and as you said, as a head coach and, 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 and team is the key thing, the service team. So it's not a service individual, it's a service team. Yeah, that's the, that's the culture I'm trying to build. And uh, so far, so good. And, um, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know too many head coaches out there that uh, don't go out there every day with their guys. You know, they, they don't go out and 
stand on the sideline and turn their backs to them. You know, they're right there and helping, helping their whole team get that W for the day. You know, uh, we, we might not always win, but um, I, I really enjoy seeing other people win. You know, that's, 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 that's what really, uh, you know, even being a technician, you know, um, helping uh, people win, you know, uh, fixing my neighbor's car, you know, is a win, you know, so uh, that's, that's pretty much what uh, my entire life has been is, is really getting that uh, gratitude to help others. All right, Matt, well, I really want to thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast. I appreciate it very much. It's uh, been uh, uh, really great to discuss a lot of the industry with you and uh, discuss myself with you. Great to meet you, Mark. This podcast episode was proudly supported by our premier partner, Kenart's Hire.